it's time to join Montana's very own and your voice for agriculture, Talkin' Ag Lane Nordland for today's LaneCast. Hello everyone and welcome to a special agriculture conversation we are having here on the LaneCast Ag Podcast in partnership with the Western Ag Network. We're going to be focused on beef promotion today and some of the initiatives that Montana ranchers are currently pursuing to help expand beef promotion here in Montana and increasing funding for that beef promotion uh, that will be utilized to promote Montana beef here in Montana, across the nation and the world. And that beef promotion funding would stay right here in the state of Montana. We're going to be talking about the new Montana Beef Enhancement Program here today. We have guests joining us, Jim Steinbeiser from Sydney and Jimmy Tabor from the town of Shamut. Gentlemen, uh, how is your uh, afternoon going here today? Well, if the wind would quit blowing, we'd be all right up here. Well, I made it out of Kansas City through four <laughs> lanes of traffic um, without any crashes. So, so far, so good. Well, of course, Jim Steinbeiser is uh, making his way home from an event he was at in Kansas City. And uh, Jimmy and I are, are holding the fort down here in Montana. And uh, gentlemen, as I mentioned there at the Montana Farm Bureau, there was a, a new resolution put forward called the Montana Beef enhancement program and, and jimmy i know you were on the ground talking about this and uh, uh i guess first off this program i guess is designed to provide montana cattle producers with more opportunities to enhance profit opportunities by establishing a montana beef enhancement program uh jimmy to, to put this shortly this is promotion this is promotion dollars am i correct How, uh to talk us through this yeah, this is this lane actually is uh, going to be a separate checkoff. It'll be a Montana state checkoff of a dollar that will uh, mirror the national checkoff. And uh, it it the resolution did pass through the uh, Farm Bureau Convention, and I, I think it's just an easy way that as an industry we can help ourselves out. Uh, that extra dollar in the state can really do a lot of benefit that the national checkoff doesn't have the capability of doing. No, I guess when, when, when someone hears this, gentlemen, the Montana Beef Enhancement Program and checkoff, uh, producers already pay a dollar checkoff here in the state of Montana uh, to promote beef. Uh, I guess, what will this additional dollar do and where does that full dollar go? I, I guess, Jim, do you want do you want to talk about that or address it or, or, or do you want Jimmy to do that? Well, I can, I can take a stab at it, Lane. Um, you know, this has been a concept that's been uh, talked about for several years, and and a group of us just thought, you know, if not now, when? So um, we're just taking a stab at it, and and uh, we got some momentum behind us. We got a great working group group that uh, Jimmy is is chairing, and pretty well-rounded uh, group of people on there, and uh, so this is this is going to have a lot more latitude than our national checkoff that we're all very familiar with um we'll be able to promote montana beef uh the current uh checkoff can promote beef um so we can be very specific in what we're promoting we can promote it in state we can go to new york if we want to promote montana beef in new york or or wherever else it makes sense japan korea china um, and also this will have, uh, will have the ability to 
fund some production research if we feel uh, it makes sense to do so. So uh, those are two elements um, that are a little different than the checkoff that we're used to. One other element too that, um, you know, the current checkoff has to be very careful how they um, argue against uh, things like fake meat or cultured meats and and uh, this one won't have those limitations. We can get downright aggressive if we if we feel it makes sense. So um, I like the latitude in, in uh, what this checkoff uh, will look like. And I guess one thing that, that I'm curious about, does this $1, it, it stays in Montana. It, 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 we're, are we dividing that 50 cents up and sending another 50 cents to the national level? Or, gentlemen, does this whole dollar stay in Montana for just Montana promotion, as you mentioned, Jim? Uh, the whole dollar can stay in the state, but it'll still be at the discretion of the Montana Beef Council. That So if they decide that they'd like to send you know, 10 cents of it or 20 cents, they, they'll be able to do that. But the design of it is to keep the, be able to keep and use the whole dollar here in the state of Montana. And I, I guess with that, when we look at the collection of it, is that going to be similar with how that the, uh, the checkoff funds are, are currently collected at the livestock markets? Yeah, so they'll, uh, they'll write one check just like they do now. It'll, instead of $1, it'll be two. Now, I, I guess with that, what has the feeling been like in the countryside? Obviously, people uh, may be a little concerned about that added dollar. What What are some of the projections on what this can do to promote more Montana beef to more consumers and help drive demand for the Montana product itself? Well, you know, they're, they're really we really haven't put any projections on anything. It's just we're trying to establish that this is more go, uh, going towards the the sale of Montana beef and along with uh, just helping producers out. You know, one idea that we've kind of been talking about and stuff is it gives us the capability. Say we, the council were to decide to put $40,000 towards a product project and uh, Montana State University would, would max that and do some research. That's something that the Montana producer can wrap his hands around it and get the good out of it, whereas something like that you can't do on the national level. Now, Jimmy, I know you are a past chair of the, the Montana Beef Council, and, and as a producer yourself, you, you understand the workings of it, how the funding is allocated. C can you walk us through the transparency of the Montana Beef Checkoff and uh, how that money is allocated, how it's utilized, and where it is not utilized? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, all that money is... The Department of Livestock collects it. It is then forwarded. Uh, we have a bookkeeper. So uh, that's all she does. It comes down. Uh, that, you know, then the 50 cents is taken out and, and, and is passed on to the national. With that other 50 cents, uh, the, the Beef Council board, who's made up of basically every segment of Montana agriculture in the cattle industry, they sit down and are presented with uh, ARs that they walk through, decide where the biggest bang for that dollar can be, and you know the program. And that's what, one thing people forget is that the program takes place and then it's paid for. So they're just not throwing dollars around and oh, did that work or did that not work? You know that and uh, 
So, and then after that, there's, you know, they go through and evaluate it and see if, if it'd be a good thing to do the next year or not. So there's a lot of steps and a lot of transparency and, and a lot of input on where all that goes. Now, as we, we look at what this enhancement program would do, um, obviously, uh, the Montana Farm Bureau delegation, the, their their voting delegates have approved this. Uh, what, what are the next steps with other agriculture organizations? Uh, Jim, I know the Montana Stock Growers Convention is coming up. Uh, will this be in front of the, the rancher delegates in Billings coming up in December? It will. Um, it actually came up um for our delegates in uh, summer uh, meeting in Sydney, um, and that passed as interim policy. But any policy that's passed in the summer meeting uh, needs to go um, to the convention, and so it'll be heard there again to make it um, actually official policy for the books. Now, gentlemen, uh, just this week, if uh, you were turned tuned into our Western Ag Network programming, you, you probably heard that uh, the Food and Drug Administration has officially uh, given the thumbs up to cell-based cultured meats, uh, starting with a chicken-based cell-cultured product created in a laboratory. Now, I know that uh, checkoff funds can't lobby against other other things or proteins, but they can sure educate uh, consumers about the options, about the nutrition, about the sustainability of products like beef. Why is it more important now than ever to continue to drive the message of this safe, nutritious product that families raise out in the countryside that is truly one ingredient that, uh, that uh, consumers around the nation and the world enjoy, that being beef? Why, why, why do we continue to have to go up and, and educate uh, during times like uh, these fake meat products? Well, you know, I, I think that's one thing that the checkoff does. It has to do and it does all the time as, you know, there's there's never no end to educating the consumer. And just because you educate them once doesn't mean you got to keep reminding them, uh, you know, and, and just as as inflation and everything going on, and I know that uh, beef is expensive at the store at their level when they buy it, uh, we still have to show them that, hey, what you're buying is the best product in the world. And you can't go wrong with it. And we're going to help you teach you how to cut it, how to cook it, and experience the best thing out there. Lane, I might add, too, that, that you know, since the, the big uh, discussion the last few years with greenhouse gases and climate change, um, those uh, companies like, that market fake meat and, and are developing culture meats, they're using that. Um, as a leverage to, hey, take a look at our product and and uh, this is better for the environment, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we need to educate our consumer that, you know, cattle are definitely better for the environment than, than uh, these other products. Um, for one thing, uh, you know, these open spaces and big, open pastures are are far better than tearing up more grass to farm to raise peas or whatever we need for for uh, these fake meat products uh, nothing against farmers uh, I'm, I'm one myself but but uh we just need the truth out there and, so and this can help with that 
So, uh, guys, when we look at uh, this assessment in particular, um, you know, people may be saying, you know, it's a tough time for producers right now. Why do I want to pay another dollar? Um, how can I, I guess how, how is this uh, if folks don't want to participate, can they ask for a refund of, the, of that uh, checkoff fee? There there will be that provision in there. And I guess just to back up, you know, this this program that is, was presented at Farm Bureau and Stock Growers, you know, this is going to go through a legislative process. Then it's going to go through the referendum process. And it's going to give every producer in the state of Montana to look at look the whole thing over completely and decide on their own if it's something that they'd like to support. And, you know, once it goes through that legislative process, it's going to outline exactly what it can do for the producer. And, and uh, so we hope that the producer looks at it good and hard and, and really sees the good of the program. Well, yeah, let, let's just talk about that. The Farm Bureau has approved it. The stock growers will vote on it during their convention in December. Then the legislature, they, they are the ones that have to truly pass it during the legislative session. Then, then that's mailed out to producers uh i guess how do you identify you know which producers get it based on if they paid the check off or per capita fees i guess how does that work we're still working on on those particulars lane but but uh uh what we would like to have happen is you would go to your local county extension office and vote there um so we need the legislature just to just to um make law to be able to put this in place for a vote of the producers. So the producers are going to decide if they want this or not. And I think that's important for you all to share too. It's not just Jim and Jimmy uh, going to put this into play, even though you're both supporters of it and you're trying to educate the public and ranchers about it. This uh, would be decided upon by the ranchers in the state of Montana for this additional dollar. For sure. Yep. I might add too, Lane, that that uh, and Jimmy, um, you've been there more recently. I also was was on the beef council, but I know when I was there, there was a lot of projects that we didn't fund either because we didn't have the money to do it, or they didn't quite fit the parameters of of what the national checkoff will fund. So um, there's there's going to be a lot of projects. Um, ready-made for some additional funding. So we won't have to search very hard for ways to spend that money. It, it's, it's needed. Um, you know, if we, if we as producers can invest in our future and, and try to give ourselves a leg up, you know, how can we expect other uh, entities like the government to help us as well? So, you know, I think, I think we have a responsibility um, as an industry to to invest in ourselves. I think it'll pay off. Um, I'm really looking forward to to seeing this thing pass and and uh, what it's going to be able to do. Now, all three of us uh, pay into the checkoff uh, every single year when we or every single time we market cattle. And uh, I, I guess what would your take be on if there was not the ability to to have beef promotion through the checkoff? Uh, where where would beef where would cattle producers stand in terms of having that loss of not being able to market to the millions and millions of consumers not only in Montana but but nationwide about uh, the beef protein that we produce? I totally believe we'd lose a huge market share to just to chicken. 
you know, th these people that are going to the grocery store and they're seeing that, you know, the this the cost of the meat. But once they eat that meat or serve it to their family, they know they've got a excellent product. And, you know, we're we're out there every day. The checkoff is out there every day working on behalf of producers. And, you know, without it, I don't even know where we'd be. It wouldn't be a good situation. I know that. Lane, I was, I just heard uh, Greg Dowd, who's uh, um, recently was our ag trade ambassador for the Trump administration. And he talked a lot about, you know, um, China and, and, and uh, a lot of other countries where we have made huge inroads in our trade, especially with beef. And, and I'll tell you, um, our export markets are very, it's a huge deal in the, in the value of our animals right now. And, and we want to hold that and we want to grow that. So um, I envision some of this money working for us on the international level as well. It is key to our profitability. Now, Jimmy, I know you've been probably asked in, in your previous role on the Beef Council and as a producer um, about how uh, checkoff funds are utilized. Uh, I, I know there's always talk that uh, that checkoff funds are used for lobbying efforts, but c can you uh, clear the air on that for those that are listening and watching this interview today on how especially the funding is utilized on a state and national level? Yeah, most definitely. Uh no, no checkoff money is used for lob lobbying. It's a, it's against the act and order. Um, there's a uh, oversight from the USDA to make sure that uh, you know everything. You you can trace your money down, and if you if, you know, like we always say, if you if you're worried about it, jump on board. Uh, you know, you can become a federation director and get involved. You know, when you start looking on the national basis, every one of the people that sit there and go through that money, every one of them's a producer. And so, but very transparent and, and the money could easily be traced to, to show where it's going. Now, uh, looking ahead, uh, we're just a, a few weeks left uh, here in 2022 and that uh, Montana legislative session uh, will be uh, getting underway during the month of January. And uh, so uh, for folks, Jim, that are going to be attending the Montana Stock Growers uh, Convention, walk us through how the policy uh, sessions work uh, with uh, with all the policy that is brought forward, including the Montana Beef Enhancement Program, and then how that is then turned into the advocacy in Montana uh, at the Montana State Capitol during the legislative session to push forward uh, the, the program itself. So our, our policies are brought forward, our resolutions, you might say, are brought forward on committee levels. Um, so that'll pass or fail at the committee level. And all, all um, policy that goes through the committee will then go to second reading where it's heard by everybody. And then on to third reading. And uh, once it passes there, it, it is officially uh, stock grower policy. And once, uh, say, this uh, this beef enhancement program does uh, move forward and is passed by the stock growers uh, delegates, uh, how then, I, I guess, can, can you explain both how the Montana Farm Bureau's endorsement of it and possibly the stock growers in a few weeks, how, how does that get taken to the capital then and, and be put as a priority? How, how, does, how does that work for our viewers and, and audience? 
Okay, so there we'll find a sponsor for the bill. We've already been visiting with some um, legislators, and uh, we're kind of waiting to see what the leadership's going to look like and and who's going to be chairing various committees. Um, so when that's known, we should know that by it probably is known today. I just haven't heard. Um, then we'll move forward with uh, a sponsor, um, and then it'll just go work through the process. And Lane, if I can just throw it out too, that, uh, you know, it's, it's just not uh, uh, stock growers and Farm Bureau working on this committee. Uh, we've reached out to other organizations within the state. Uh, there is there is some sitting on the committee uh, along with Jim and I. So uh, this is a, we're, you know, this is this is coming from the grassroots of, of the livestock industry, the way we're looking at it. Now, if uh, you were down at the local bar or the Stockyards Cafe and someone was just so uncertain about, you know, the, the, the what that extra dollar will do for them, I guess uh, I know that's what we've been talking about during this whole conversation. But uh, I guess what what is that boots on the ground conversation you have with producers about the checkoff all the time? But in particular, uh, why, why you believe that that extra dollar should be going to promote uh, beef here in the state of Montana? What, what would you tell that person? Well, uh, you know, just look around to what everything else costs. You know, if they, you know, I'm not sure what the average herd or the average producer owns in the state of Montana, but even two, three, four hundred dollars, and the, the, you know, the current uh, national, they've got that one dollar uh, jumped up to eleven is what they projected at, and you know, return so on investment. Yeah, correct. return on investment. And so, if you got four hundred head and you're paying four hundred dollars, put that to where. What else can you buy? and get this kind of coverage and advertisement of the product. So it, to me, it's it's real simple, just real simple. Well, Lane, you know, our, our checkoff, as we know it now, was enacted, I believe, in 85. Um, you know, the $1 is certainly a lot weaker now than it was in 85. Uh, you know, just, just look at what candy bars have done since 85 or, or anything else, uh, pickups. Um, so that, that's a part of this. So to me, there's two things that are really important to, to recognize. One is, you know, another buck would just really go a long ways to, to do the things we need to do. The other is this has no ties to the national checkoff at all. Um, it stays with the Montana Beef Council. Um, they decide how it's spent. Um, it's going to have broader sideboards than our national checkoff. So, like I said, we can promote Montana beef. And to me, that's important, especially with all the the the, the small um, marketers we have throughout the state now, especially since COVID kind of changed the dynamics a little bit. Uh, there's a lot of Montana beef being marketed and, and we can directly um, participate in in helping promote that. So um, and you can't with the national and and also i think there's we can drive some research that we think that really needs to be done that would be production research i'm talking about that could be really useful to to montana ranchers and so um i think uh with a broader scope um this this could be very powerful to enhance our profitability now uh, there are several other states that have an additional state uh one dollar checkoff is that correct oh yes yeah yes quite a few of them 
And uh, what what what's the conversations you've had with those producers uh, that uh, that participate or are involved in, in beef promotion? There, talking about just how much more opportunity they have at uh, reaching producers, uh, or excuse me, reaching consumers, not just in their state but worldwide. Well, most definitely, and you know, it's kind of back to some of the conversation. You know, the problem with uh, a lot of it, where the mass population in the United States is, them them state beef councils are very limited because the cattle numbers in that state. So, you know, these bigger states like Montana, Texas, uh, we've been sending money all up and down the East Coast where all the population is. And so it it just, it works. The the checkoff works. And, and I'm proud to have been on it for nine years and see it and, and, and to see what it can do overseas too. You know, the USMEF is one of the contractors for the national and and see the time that they put in i believe the usmef was started in 76 maybe or 75 somewhere in there and the relationship that they've developed and opened the trade up to these countries you know all that takes a lot of time and effort and it's it's neat to see how all that works and like jim talked with china well when that trade barrier comes down look at the amount of product that has gone in there all of a sudden very true. And I guess for folks that have stayed with us, uh, listen to this, watch this, where, where can they learn more about the Montana Beef Enhancement Program? And uh, who can they get in contact uh, uh, with to, to learn more about it? Maybe have some, some questions that uh, I didn't get addressed here during this quick conversation. Uh, how, how can they reach out and, and learn more about the program to, to actually get to uh, the nuts and bolts and everything that truly is in uh, this uh, little one-page uh, uh, beef enhancement program uh, uh, info guide, I guess we could call it. Well, as of right now, we're still just working as a committee, but as this pushes forward, uh, we're going to be out on the air more uh, with folks like you, Lane, trying to get the word out and and we're hoping our committee grows and get more more ag organizations to come on board with us and get this word around. And uh, so you'll just have to stay tuned. But uh, either contact myself or Jim or, you know, and uh, or even Farm Bureau, stock growers, we'll, they'll uh, point you the right way. Lane, if you, I don't know if you can or not, but if you can uh, publish uh, our emails, uh, I'd certainly be open to that. Uh, I imagine at some point we'll have an official email um, for this working group, but at this point we do not yet. Okay. No, we can definitely do that. And uh, uh, again, for the folks tuning in and listening to this conversation that have any questions, maybe some concerns, uh, feel free to reach out to Jimmy Tabor or Jim Steinbeiser. And uh, also uh, we'll provide uh uh, exactly what this program is as well. We'll make sure and share uh, uh, the, the copy of uh, what the program is online on the Western Ag Network as well. But uh, Jim, I know you're pulled over in, in, in somebody's farm farm field or something down there in the, in the Midwest. I know you need to hit the road again, but uh, any last thoughts that if you're, either of you'd like to share just uh, how things are going on the operations here this fall and, and how things are looking as we wrap up uh, 2022? You know, I've uh, just in this meeting, this cattle trace meeting, I just came from uh, the optimism is awfully high. Um, there is um, um, there is everything indicates the real strong market coming. 
Uh, I know that that's been the talk for a while and we are seeing it strengthen, but um, uh, the feeling is this could get really powerful. Um, so I'm gonna get more prepared and, uh, and uh, I would encourage other guys to explore this too. Don't take my word for it, but uh, I would explore um, where this thing's going because I think uh, I think we got a bright spot ahead of us in this cattle market. Well, and, and Jim, like you said, just uh, this week, USDA is is projecting beef production next year to come in at twenty six point three billion pounds. That's two billion less than last year, and uh, the uh, cattle and feedlots are expected to be about a dollar fifty five and a half a hundred weight. That's eight percent more than last year. That's that's just the projection out from USDA this week. So. Yes, obviously, we've all been impacted by drought. We've all reduced our herd sizes. We're trying to keep the best genetics out in the field that we can, the topper end of our herds. But uh, there, when I was at Angus Convention a few weeks ago, that was the same sentiment. People are excited. And, uh, you know, I think uh, we've seen some pretty strong bull sales even this fall, which I always think is an indicator of uh, uh, attitudes of especially cow-calf producers in the countryside. But uh, I, I think this market is going to to truly take off, barring a black swan event. And gosh darn, we're, we're too familiar with those dang things sometimes <laughs> popping up. But uh, Jimmy, what, what are your thoughts here this fall? Oh, I, I agree with Jim. I think it's, you know, we've I'm hoping we got a couple of years of good markets ahead of us. The, the thing that worries me a little bit is this inflation issue. Uh, you know, it, it's going to affect the people when they go to the grocery store to, to be looking at the meat case. So that just, to me, that just shows that we got to be out there more pushing our product. And, uh, so they're comfortable buying that, that piece of meat instead of moving down to either pork or chicken. But, uh, and then like always, it's weather's going to dictate this, you know, uh, if, if it starts off raining next spring, you know, decent winter and, and get some rain next spring, uh, the, the, the herd could increase quite, quite rapidly, but I, I still think we're going to be, I think the cow producer is going to be in the, in the driver's seat for a little bit. Well, unless you live in Sydney, Montana, where it looked like the garden of Eden over there this year, Jim, was that yeah. the first time it rained in like 20 years this year? Um, it was, it's 48 months. <laughs> um, and it, it got dry later, but we had an awesome spring. So, um, yeah, so let's hope that, that uh, our cycle's changing and, and all of us can, can share in some green grass next spring and summer. Yeah. Well, I always talk about when I flew back from Argentina on our, our Angus genetics trade mission down there at the end of May, and we flew into Billings, and there was just water going down those gullies <laughs> everywhere. And then I jumped on the puddle jumper the next day to fly up to Sydney for the Stock Rower summer meeting there, and I'm like, I've never seen it green over here. And um, so I'm very happy for the producers like like Jim and, and everyone in that neck of the woods that uh, had, a, had a pretty early uh, good spring and, and, and early summer. But uh, just like all of us, we, we got droughty and, and grasshoppery pretty dang fast uh, starting July 1st. That, that's my birthday. And so usually if, if, if things are good after July 1st, you can either blame me or thank me uh, for, for bringing, bringing in that drought to the grasshoppers. But uh, as I mentioned, uh, we'll we'll share more on the Montana Beef Enhancement Program because uh, I know folks will have some questions. They'll want to learn more about it. And uh, Jimmy, uh, in just in general, uh, a great resource for folks to learn about the the checkoff is the Montana Beef Council on their website. Uh, would you encourage folks uh, where where they should go to learn more about the checkoff itself? 
Oh, most definitely. And, you know, they they get hit that website or call the office. But I encourage you to, uh, you know, if you belong to an organization, find out who sits on the board from your organization. And it might even be your local neighbor. Contact them and they can easily navigate you through all, everything and, and show you the programs and all that kind of stuff. So, well, so Layton, uh, one other thing. Um, you ne you've never voted for a checkoff, have you? I, I was not alive uh, in, in the mid 1980s uh, when, when the checkoff. That's what I thought. Uh, yeah, I no, was a little young, and when I voted for it, uh, Jimmy, I don't know if you voted for it. Either. I didn't Probably vote didn't. for it. No, I wasn't. No, uh, I was so alive is, though. So <laughs> I, I, this is your opportunity to vote for a checkoff. Well, I always like to remind Russell Nimitz that uh, I was about two or three years old when he graduated uh, high school. So uh, just just to put that in, into perspective for you guys. Uh, but I got enough gray in my beard and hair now that uh, I feel that it's time that, uh, that that I partake in these historical events. How about that? <laughs> Well, That's friends, right. again, thank you to Jimmy Tabor and Jim Steinbeiser for, for joining us here today and, and sharing more about what the Montana Beef Enhancement Program is. Uh, again, that uh, resolution passed at the Montana Farm Bureau and uh, is going to be voted upon by the delegates at the Montana Stock Growers uh, coming up that first, uh, I think it's the first week of December. It's on my calendar. I'm going to be there, but uh, uh, we that will be taking place as well. And I look forward to seeing everybody at the Montana uh, stockers convention make sure and stop by and see russell limits and haley ship and myself there at our booth as well any last thoughts thoughts friends before i let you get back to your day no i just uh thanks for your time lane i hope producers uh, jump on board with this get some more information on it and uh, i truly believe this can can do a lot for the industry and i too lane would uh, echo that and also um encourage everybody to come to the stock or convention see what it's all about if you've never been to one um see what it's all about we have a lot of fun too that we do it's a great event and uh again for uh more on the montana stock growers convention make sure and visit mtbeef.org with that friends thanks for staying with us for this special broadcast learning more about what the montana beef enhancement program is Signing off, I'm Lane Nordland for the Western Ag Network. Thanks for joining us here on the LaneCast Ag Podcast for our Ag Conversations. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to the LaneCast with Talkin' Ag, Lane Nordland. For more on Lane, check out his Facebook page, Lane Nordland Ag Broadcaster and NordlandCommunications.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the LaneCast on your Apple or Android devices. We look forward to joining you next time on the LaneCast.